Welcome to episode number 140, Live Transform. Jim, Audrey, and myself. <laughs> hey, Bob, I'm here. And it's a good thing that Jim's feeling extra profound today, you know, because we are recording. That's right. Yeah. I am I am feeling profound. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, last week's episode was so great. And I just wanted to just I just thought that whole thing that we ended on with taste and see that God yeah. is good just went next level for me because I, I had never gone the, the layers of depth of what it means to actually taste something to the point where you can't describe it. Well, and, and the, the understanding how people miss the tasting. Mm-hmm. And they let people, mm-hmm. other people describe God to them or, or other the Bible to describe God to them and they don't taste it for themselves. It's like, oh, you guys, you're missing the taste of, 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 yeah. of experiencing. But taste is such a great experiential word. So I just, I just loved that, how mm-hmm. we went there last have you, week. Have you ever been in a conversation with somebody and they're describing a subjective experience that they had and man, they're smiling and getting all into it and really nobody else in the room is connecting to it because <laughs> yeah, you can't. You can't. You know, it's like, uh, you know, I wasn't there tasting it. I wasn't having that mm-hmm. experience yeah. that you're having. And so, and so it's sort of like, it's sort of like when they're describing their experience, it's like they're telling the truth about it, Yeah. but it's, it's meaningless. Yes. Yeah. And that's kind of, that's kind of the way it is sometimes. And I've even found myself preaching sometimes and I, I would want to go into some dimension of talking about something that happened between me and God. And, and, and the longer the harder I would try to explain it, I, the more I could see the looks in the people's <laughs> eyes. Of like, I, w- I wish you'd get off this because it don't mean anything to us. <laughs> and the other thing I, I thought of after last week's episode, um, when we were talking about, um, well, for instance, the word government, you know, you know, we have an earthly government, but I think there is a, uh, a, a heavenly um there's something real. Well, we're, we're part of a kingdom. Yes. Okay. Thank you. There's, so there's a parallel. So there's a government. Yes. There's a parallel always of heaven and earth. Yep. And so in the heavenly government, I was memorizing a decree the other day that was based on the book of Psalms. And it said the sentence that like this, it said, my life is governed, you know, so the government, my life is governed by the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And I yep. thought that was interesting. Because mm-hmm. I thought if I, if I, I actually drew a picture for myself of, or I, I created a movie of what it would look like that instead of judges and politicians and everything, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is influencing my life saying, is this patience? Is this self-control? Is this peace? Mm-hmm. Is this love? Because I'm, because they, in the, in, in the government of the kingdom, the fruit of the Holy Spirit is the representation of what, how your life is going. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Anyway, anyway. Well, and there's some people that if you even talked about your life being governed, there's some people that would consider that legalistic. Oh, come on. If you're governed no. by the fruit of the Holy Spirit, that's just the fruit of it your life. It doesn't matter. Just the word, you know, if just the word law or the word, or, or the word rules, uh, just it, <laughs> it's sort of like, man, and, and I hate to say this because I know there's probably people that are listening to this that, you know, fit into kind of a more of a liberal camp politically. But it's kind of interesting. You can just say certain ter- terminology, and it just blows them up. Suddenly, they're mad. They're angry, and 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 they're mad. And you're not even talking about what they think you're talking about. And 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 that's that's the way it is, kind of in the fake grace movement. If you just say that, I, I mean, I've had guys accuse me of being a legalist just because of saying that we we're supposed to be responsible, hmm. uh, or that we're supposed to have character. I, you know, I think I told you back years ago, uh, you know, uh, this guy, this guy used to tell everybody I was his mentor. You know, here, here's the thing. I, I pretty much decided when people start posting that I'm their mentor, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to post a disclaimer. I'm going to say, no, I, you know, I'm not this person's mentor because mentors help people with life. Mm-hmm. And if I was helping them with life, they wouldn't be this stupid. And so, <laughs> and, and so, you know, because, you know, th- they'll read one of my books and suddenly I'm, I'm their mentor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this guy was always talk, telling everybody I was his mentor and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, and, uh, and, and, you know, we got in this big Facebook thing because he, he, his testimony was, man, I am so, I was so set free when I found out that God was not interested in my character. <gasps> and, uh, you know, I tried to private message him a few times and he, he, he pretended like he didn't see it. So finally, I'll just put some on his Facebook page. I said, this is crazy. 
I said, every problem I've got, every problem you got, every conflict we have is, is in the places that we have not developed our character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, just the concept that God is not interested in your character is total ignorance because God is interested in your character. He wants to develop your character. And that's what walking in love is all about. If you don't have character, you can't walk in love. Right. And you can't, you can't treat people ethically and morally and, and honestly. And so, you know, you got these trigger words that that just flip people out because uh, they're afraid, you know, they hate personal responsibility. They, they, they pass judgment by what you're saying. But personally, I like the fact that I have something governing my life. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. Not legalistically, no. not by force, no. but I have someone leading me always saying, this is the way you This go. is a great yeah. path to take. Yeah. This is yeah. who you are, so this is how you walk. Yeah. This is the ways of God, so then they're going to be my ways. These are the way God thinks. I want to think like God. I want to I want to know his ways and know his thoughts because because that is that is ultimately how we are disciples. We we know God and we walk in love. Mm-hmm. Jim in in some conversations I've, I've had with people, it's it's almost as though we're trying to come into an agreement on where we're going. Okay? Yep. So h- however that might be, you know, with regards to your business, uh, your life, uh, your marriage, your parenting, what, you know, as, as long as we're going to wind up at the same place, then, then we want the same thing. But yet the starting point is so different. At the foundation or 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 the core, and and I'm I'm, this is kind of how I'm I'm interpreting what you're saying, is that when I have the foundation, or the the truth of God, the word of my relationship with God governing my life, I'm I'm going I can get there, yep. and there are others that say okay I, I want that but I refuse, yep. to do it God's way. I'm going to do yeah. it my way. I, I'm my own starting point. Well, we have this idea that if we have cho- if we've chosen an end result mm-hmm. that is something God has promised, yep, or that would be we, good, yeah, then we have the idea that the process doesn't matter. The means justifies the end. Yeah, and you know that's what's happening politically around the world. You know, with socialism, they offer all the same promises that Jesus offered, but they just offer a different way to get there. And their justification for 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 all of these corrupt things that happen yeah. on this path to getting there, the justification is, look, but this is the goal we're seeking. Well, the problem is, you know, in 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 having a life that is in harmony, in harmony with God, in harmony with the world around you. The process is just as important as the Good. as the goal. Mm-hmm. Yes, because you can destroy yourself in the process. Mm-hmm. You can destroy everybody around you. You know, so, you know. I don't know how many people who are workaholics who say, "Uh oh, somebody wants you." Yeah, Jim. somebody wants to talk to you. I'm sorry. I thought that was off. No uh, I don't know how many. I don't know how many workaholics I know of that. You know, their thing is, uh, you know. You know, I, I work. I work all day long for my family. Mm-hmm. Well, I was like, no, you don't. You know, you work all day long because money makes you feel good. You work all day long because this is a this is a goal you you know that that you have for yourself. But uh, if you, how can you say you're working all day long for your family and you're never with your family? The process, in other words, you're never spending time with your family. You never spend time with your children. You're never spending time with your wife. When you're together, you're tired. You're ill. You're focused on something mm-hmm. else. But you say you're doing this all for your family. Well, in the end, you know, they get a divorce, they have an affair, their kids get on drugs, all these horrible things happen. Well, and, and then they're going to sit back in a corner and say, oh, I did it all for my family and yep. it didn't work out. Well, no, they didn't do it all for the family. The, the process is, the process tells more about your character mm. than the goal you're pursuing. Yeah. And so, you know, you know the question is, Am I willing, if I'm walking in love and if that's the goal and God defines love, I don't, I don't have the right to define love. God is the one that defines love. If I'm walking in God's love, then that governs 
the path I'm going to take, the process mm. that I'm going to take. And really, the, the, what most of the benefit that's going to come to the people around me is not going to be because I reach, reach the goal. Mm. It's going to be because of how I pursue the goal. Yes. The benefit for the people around me is not that I reach the goal, but that I, how did you say that? That I was. How, how I pursue the goal. How I pursued the goal. I mean, stop and think about it. So, so many of our life goals are going to take 20, 30 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know, there's there are certain things that I, you know that I have walked in for, like I say, easily thirty years, knowing that uh, not you know not, well, just knowing that, that that where I have a sense that God's taken me, this it's going to be a twenty or thirty year journey to get mm-hmm. there. Right. Well, stop and think about it. Okay, so <laughs> I don't know if I even know how to say this. So I reached the goal one day. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so so now I'm at the goal. Now I have now I have to look back and see. Did I leave in my wake a bunch of dead bodies? You know, the trail that I are, are there are there broken friendships and broken relationships and lies and dishonesty and immorality and and viol, you know compromise ethics. Is there a trail of trash over this last thirty years that is so overwhelming that really me reaching the goal now is inconsequential mm-hmm. because the the goal would never recover these people I destroyed in this process. Hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty big reality. Sobering. And that's why when I said my life is governed by the fruit of the Holy Spirit, I see that as a governing day-to-day, you know, because governing is more of a day-to-day how you are doing life, how you are thinking, the ways you're thinking, the what you are doing. And I think that the, I think it's so cool that the fruit of the Spirit really covers so much. I memorized it when I was a little girl, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, mercy. So, I mean, not even mercy, self-control, but the goodness, you know, the goodness of God. If that's governing my life every day, then that is the process. That is my character. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and I don't think it's an option because the Holy Spirit is the gift that Jesus gave to us. And therefore, if I am truly in community, if I'm communing with the Holy Spirit, then I will have the fruit of the Spirit developing within me every day. And that is the governing factor of my life. So I think, you know, we were talking before we came on this broadcast. So tell me if I'm wrong. I think, I think one of the things that we were talking about, and you just tell me if this is kind of how we fit all this together, where we're going, is that, you know, we kind of ended up last uh, week you know, we talked about how that Moses misrepresented God. Mm-hmm. Right. And, uh, and you know, the, the thing is, Moses was so right on, so consistently right on track, but he misrepresented God, and, and this became the thing that kept him from being able to enter the promised land. Now, you know, Bob and I were talking about this before we came on, and we thought, man, that's a big consequence. Seriously. For this one event, yeah, it seems kind of harsh. Yeah, you know I, I, mean? I, I mean, you know, while he was uh, in Pharaoh's household, he killed a man. Yep, and you know, and escaped, and and spent forty years on the backside of a desert. And God called him out to lead a nation, and then mm-hmm. here, he he struck a rock rather than speaking to it and it's like okay Moses you're you're going to stay you can't enter and it's just like wow and and you know it also involved what he portrayed of god being angry right so 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 all it was it was what he said and the fact that he struck the rock instead of he just spoke to rock and i'll tell you man there's so much typology in that mm-hmm. uh, you know uh the the concept of not use faith doesn't use force to accomplish the goal. I mean that's, that's part of it. Uh, the con- and of course the rock was a type of Jesus. Correct. Yep. And, and so this goes into the whole concept of you can't crucify crucify fresh the Son of God. You know you've either got to accept what He's done for you and that's got to be it, uh, or uh, or otherwise, you crucify him afresh, but you because you keep pursuing this dysfunctional lifestyle, and you keep wanting, you know, hit, uh, 
him to do something new for your rebellion and sin and all arrogance and all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it goes all kinds of places. But, you know, when you think about the consequences that Moses had to face, you know, people with influence bear a responsibility, an accountability, and that the normal person never even considers. And it doesn't matter, you know, there's degrees of influence. You know, there's parents, mm-hmm. there's heads of households. I was thinking about the parents, yes. Yeah, there's, and there's, and of course, there's preachers, there's teachers, you know, public school teachers, politicians. I mean, there's a lot of influencers out there. And, and when, an, when a person of power says something, man, we take it to heart more than we would if just anybody said it. Mm-hmm. Now, Jesus said something really interesting that I don't think, I don't think we uh, apply properly very much. You know, he says, he says in every situation, you're either gathering people to God or you're scattering people away from God. Mm. And so every politician, every school teacher, Every Sunday school teacher, every preacher, every parent, uh, every person of influence, they are either saying what is true based on the Word of God and congruent with the Word of God. It may not be quoted straight from the Bible, but it is in harmony with God's Word. And they're gathering people to God or they're scattering you know, right now, when you send your child to public school, pretty much you're paying the state to send your child away from God. Because everything they teach about science, everything they, everything they teach about anything, pretty much is in conflict with the Word of God. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so you look out today and you see all these kids on college campuses that, man, if you say anything they disagree with, they'll beat the daylights out of you. They'll, they'll shout you down. They'll want to, you'll lose your job. They want to silence you and would prefer that you be in prison or be assassinated. And, and that is no exaggeration. And so how did those kids get that way? I'll tell you how they got that way. Because this is the first generation of kids that from kindergarten to postgraduate school have been taught socialism. Everything they have learned, all of their values, their entire life have been anti-Christ values. Now, you know, we... There's so many different ways we have to sort this out. So many different levels that we have to take this in hand. And personally, I think most of it's so out of control now, we, we'll never bring it back. We, we, might, we might have moments of reprieve, but we'll never bring it back. But the key is this. When, when Moses was giving the regulations for, for people involved in the priesthood, a priest that committed a, the same sin that somebody out in the congregation committed faced much dire consequences. And the reason is is because people of influence have have influence. Mm -hmm. And they influence, particularly if these are people who are involved in ministry or if they are parents. Now, you know, not not everybody can draw the dots between politicians, school teachers, and antichrist fault. But trust me, it is there. I mean, it is very definitely there. And, and so, but, so, but where we see this more from, from how the Bible presented it was because of our ability to directly affect the way people interpreted God, the way people understood God, we are held to a higher standard in reality than anybody else is. Mm-hmm. This, Jim, also uh, something that um, a new series that you've put out uh, dealing with generational curses. Yeah. And but the the uh, the understanding of what iniquity really is. 
yeah. something that is learned, something that is taught, something that is observed. Uh, yeah. and, and it's that which is that iniquity that is being visited or yep. passed on to future generations, which, yep. again, is a part of the consequences in, in our role as, as parents or even yep. in, in society. And you know, iniquity, man, that that you know, iniquity sounds like and it is, but but that sounds like such an evil mm-hmm. word. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you look at iniquity, uh uh, you know, this is a this is a this is a school teacher teaching Darwin's theory of evolution, which has never been scientifically proven, which there is not one there is not one scientific piece of data that says it's true. There and so the whole purpose behind Darwin's theory was he was mad at God. He had an event happen in his life. He was somebody that was pursuing God. And so he got mad at God and he began to pursue this theory to prove to try to prove there wasn't a God. And interestingly, in his own words he says this is, you know, it's a scientific writing, but in order to actually accept this theory, you have to, uh, uh, you have to reject some scientific facts, <laughs> and and uh, you know, so so you you got you, you got Freud being taught in schools. Freud, we know that Freud falsified much of his research. Freud said of himself, "I am a godless Jew." He believed everything was about sex, and and he mm-hmm. just thought if you could just get enough sex of any variety that you wanted, that your world, you know, would be all right. So, so there you got, you know, you got your your major scientific theory, you got your major psychological theory, and and you know, and I could just go on down the list of things. Uh, uh, well, for example, you know, socialism itself was really launched into the world because um, uh, uh, of, 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 what's his name? I just went blank. Marx. I'm sorry. Um, Marx. Because Marx, I think it was, I think it was the girl he was in love with. Something happened to her and the church came in and said that God had done this and he became angry with <laughs> God and he pursued socialism, not because he ever believed it would help people. He pursued socialism because it was the only way that he believed you could destroy the entire world. Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty phenomenal. So these things are being taught. So iniquity is anything that makes us reject God's morals, values, and standards, God's truth, and turn to another truth. Mm-hmm. And so, <clears throat> so iniquity is, is, as far as I can understand, it's like it is the most destructive sin that there is. Now, here's an amazing thing. You look at Exodus 34, where God talks about being merciful, gracious, long-suffering, abounding in goodness and truth. But he says, I'll forgive iniquity. I'll forgive transgression. I'll forgive sin. He said, there isn't anything that you can do that I won't forgive. But the reason iniquity is so deadly is because iniquity causes you to reject God's truth. You have nowhere to go for forgiveness, because you don't even believe in it. Iniquity is the root of atheism more, you know, you know, more so than any other type of sin because it rejects God's truth. And so, so uh, uh, as leaders, uh, we really have this deep responsibility that everything that we teach and everything that we model, and I'm not saying that I have succeeded at this all my life. I'm not trying to stand up here saying, you know, I'm more righteous than anybody else or that I have less failings than anybody else. Uh, but I'm going to tell you this, you know, day by day, year by year, I grow in my understanding of, 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 of how much influence I have. I'm not afraid of facing God over all this stuff because he tells you I can forgive all this stuff. You know, there's really nothing you can do that God hasn't already paid for through the blood of Jesus and you can enter into sharing into that 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 forgiveness. There's, there's nothing. Uh, you know, my fear is not standing before God and and with my failures because I know they've been washed away by the blood of Jesus. My fear is how is my life affecting the people that I influence? When they taste the fruit of my life, does this make them want God or does this make them run away from God? Mm-hmm. That's that's the big that's the big yep. challenge for yes. me. 
Well, sometimes I just feel bad for God for how misrepresented he is. I think that happens. I mean, that sounds terrible because you don't feel bad for God, but my heart um, just hurts for all those that are influenced away and scattered from the true God of his goodness and his Mm -hmm. kindness and his justice. Mm -hmm. And, And so that's why I'm thankful that we're talking about those things that are his character and his goodness. Mm-hmm. And again, just referencing our previous episodes, this is why, you know, we're talking about Moses and yeah. and Moses just begging, saying, God, I want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. I want to know this most powerful element of, of who you really are. You know, I, 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 I don't want to just know your, your, um, your acts, but I want to know your ways. Yeah, and, and he said, "I really want to know the heart," and that's why God again showed him, you know, the extravagance yeah. of His goodness. He is yeah. good and only good. And then yeah. it, it comes to, um, you know, another statement, Jim, that you've been making more recently. You know, is God a a comforter, a counselor, or is He a killer? Yeah, and <laughs> and I mean, it's, you, you might think, oh, wow, but. Honestly, people struggle with that. Is God going to be good to me this time or not? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think I'm, I'm thinking about a particular a particular guy that that back a few years ago, uh, one of my daughters was friends with and uh and I think I've shared this story before and but I, this is just such a clear-cut story. And so he was he was going to run an errand. His little girl wanted to go with him and uh uh, he decided he would take a particular vehicle, and he had a sense when he got in. Maybe I should take another car, and he he ignored it. And so he he gets off and is, and so he's in one of his antique vehicles, which isn't as safe as a as his newer vehicles. They have an accident, and it kills his daughter. Oh my gosh! Now he went straight to the place that I see so many Christians go, is like, well, see, uh, God, you know, needed another angel in the choir. You know, God was going to teach me something. You know, all, all of these kind of play we don't know, or maybe even the devil did it and God allowed it. All, all of those, those are, that's all nonsense. Mm-hmm. That's all unscriptural. It's not just unscriptural, it's anti-scriptural. Yes. Because everything that God says of us is exactly how he relates to us. And, and he says, you know, he says of us, if we have, if we can deliver somebody from evil and we don't, we are as guilty as the person who commits the evil. Well, immediately people would say, well, God could have stopped this. No, he couldn't because God said, I am creating you in my likeness and image, and I am giving you authority to, to rule and plan earth, which means you are sovereign, just like I'm sovereign. Mm-hmm. No one can force, can make you. Nobody can force your decisions. And you are, not only are you free to make your decisions, but you're responsible to make your decisions. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, I, I, it's really interesting. I, I did this yesterday, I think it was. I, I just thought, I, I got to go. I, I, I just... Yeah, just how every now and every now and then something you know, yes. something you've done research on, suddenly you kind of get this thing of, uh, you know, I, I want to go back and look at that yes, again. Yes, right, right. So I went back yesterday and I looked at the Hebrew words for likeness, image, and dominion. Okay. Hmm. Where, where it says, okay, God created man in his likeness and his image, and he gave him dominion. And so, you know, I mean, technically we don't need to know the, you know, all this in-depth Hebrew stuff to know what that means. It means what it means. Yes, <laughs> We're yes, created yes. to be like God. Yes. Not physically like him. I mean, not yeah, not so much physically like him, but emotionally like him. Everything about how we function. So so before I go into the Hebrew words here, you know, I'll just kind of follow my thought a little bit. So so you have to realize God is not a man that he should lie. Mm-hmm. Neither the son of man that he should repent, that he should change his mind. In order to have loving relationships, the one thing that is required for a loving relationship is 100% freedom. Mm. You cannot have a great romance where either person, I mean, I'm not saying you can't have any romance. Mm-hmm. I'm saying you can't have a great romance where any either person in the, in the relationship is attempting to control. Yep. Hmm. 
And, and because the minute somebody steps into control, I'm telling you, all the dynamics change, all the emotions change, all the feelings change, everything changes. So God wants to have this relationship with us, this love relationship with us. So, so he had to create someone, mm-hmm. since God is love, he had to create someone that had his same capacities because we are the only species. The angels can't do it. Animals can't. We are the only species that can have this interactive love relationship with God. No other species has that capability. Well, in order for that to exist, we have to have complete freedom. And since God doesn't repent and, and God doesn't lie, he can't give us freedom. And then even when it's for our good, he cannot step in and uh, change things for us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, when people, when Jesus would make this statement, he made this statement a couple times. He says, now, look, if you don't forgive sin, then your heavenly father will not forgive your sin. It's like, oh my God, I see, that's legalism. Oh my God, you know, I got to, I've got to make sure all my sins are forgiven to get God to forgive my sins. Well, really what God is saying there is like, look, if you won't send away the offenses that come into your life, I I won't either because I I can't violate your choices. If you don't, if you don't send this stuff away, that's killing you, that's your choice. Mm -hmm. And so, 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 and, that, there, and, I, and that's I like long, a lot of people just, you know, praying for the miracle of forgiveness. You don't know how many <laughs> emails we get because of the nature of our testimony and our story. Will you please pray for me so that I can forgive my wife or forgive my husband? Pray for this miracle that I can forgive. And, and, and we want to shout it. We want to make a new billboard that says forgiveness is not a miracle. It's a choice. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because... What you should do is you should tell them to send you a thousand dollars, and you're going to send them no, and you're going to send them an, an anointed cloth, and you get you a little napkin and you write on here, "This is a a hole blocker." Oh my God. And if you will lay this on your pillow at night and put your head on it, uh, and send us a thousand dollars a month, eventually you will no longer be an unforgiven a hole. <laughs> That's all it is. Stop being an a hole. <laughs> can I say? Can I say that on Christian podcast? I, apparently, yes. yes. <laughs> apparently, that's like message that's received. Jesus, that's reason. That's what Je- you know, when Jesus taught about forgiving seventy times seventy. He said, "Look, when you have done this, you know." He, he gives the parable. He says, "You know, this servant." Man, he goes out and works in a field all day long. Then he comes in and he has to clean up and he has to cook a meal for his master. He don't get to eat. He has to stand by there and wait on his master. And he don't get anything until everything is taken care of for his master. And he says, he don't say he's done anything special. All he says is, I'm just an unworthy servant. You know, and it's like, no, forgiveness you do it because you choose to. Mm-hmm. There's no anointing for it. Mm-hmm. There's, and if you don't, it's just because you're a jerk. It's just mm-hmm. because you want to be a jerk. You want to hold this over their head. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we're not saying you, you just let people get by with stuff. Mm-hmm. No. Because actually no. Jesus taught to establish boundaries. Mm-hmm. And yes. what the religion has taught them about forgiveness is, is oh, then you got to make it all right. It's like, okay, somebody molested you. You got to let it go. No, you don't. Put them in jail. Mm-hmm. Forgive them. Mm-hmm. And how do you do that? You send away the offense. Yes. I don't have to have this pain. <laughs> no. I don't have to be. I don't have to be angry about this. Mm-hmm. I choose to live in peace. But mm-hmm. I'm not saying what this person did was all right. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's it is it is bizarre. We, listen, but the the second pillar of faith is I am created in the likeness and the image of God. Therefore, God cannot violate my free will. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly, which is why I brought up the forgiveness thing because God can't do a miracle to make you forgive someone. That is, there is no. nothing he can do. He can love you so much. I really feel like it's the, if you just know, first of all, get out of the land of suffering because pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So yes, we're going to experience pain, but as long as we continue to hold on to that, the pain and keep thinking about what was done with us and replaying it over and over, we're yeah. literally going to stay in the land of suffering and you're going to yep. hold on to 
that offense as if it's a pole sticking out of the ground in the land of suffering and saying, yep. well, someone please get me out of this land of suffering. Meanwhile, you're holding on to that pole for dear life. That, that's sort Refu- of the, Refusing to leave. Refusing yeah. to leave. Yeah. And, and, and so, but this is, I hope this is good news for those that, that may feel like you're in a land of suffering, just saying, wow, like I want to stop suffering. Well, then this is such a beautiful thing that God made you in his likeness so that you get to, in a moment, yeah. it doesn't take a special prayer or a special counseling session. In a moment, you can just make that decision that you're mm-hmm. done. And you know what? This is not benefiting my life. I'm just, I'm just going to, I am going to walk, walk away, free. walk free. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I can't even tell you, you know, probably in the last 10 years, particularly one of the most common aspects of my self-talk is when I have any kind of negative emotion, Mm -hmm. any kind of offense, Mm -hmm. the first thing that comes up is, okay, I can feel this way if I want to, Mm -hmm. or I can feel another way if I want to. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. You know, and, and I'm the I'm the only one that's in control of that. Yeah. No, nobody nobody else is in control of that. Mm-hmm. But anyhow, so I, I but anyhow, I decided I would go look up because yes, God image. God puts us here. He wants us in this loving relationship, but but he, he can't force anything on us. So how does he not force anything on us, but but doesn't abandon us? Either? Yeah, exactly. So I was looking at the word likeness, and, and in Hebrew, you always go to the root word, and the root word always has usually three letters, and you get the individual definitions of those letters, and, uh, and that helps you understand what that word is talking about. So in the word likeness, where God says that, that you know, we're created in his likeness. By the way, let me say this. Ooh, 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 ooh I love this one. Man. <laughs> you sound like a monkey. <laughs> oh, boy, I'm telling you. This is, one of those, this is one of those things that I'm telling you back, probably the first year I was saved, I started asking myself this question. Okay. Because when, when, it, when it tells us that God created man in his own likeness, it says, and God created man in his own likeness, male and female created he them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I read that, I thought, wait a minute. Okay. God creates woman out of man, which means that before this happened, that man had some type of feminine, motherly uh, strengths and capacities, and, and he had some kind of masculine male capacities, mm-hmm. but it also means that God had to have both of those because Adam was created in the likeness image of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, and it took, it was years, and I would get pieces of this, you know, and it made me very early on see God's value for women and see what the Bible did for women and all that kind of stuff. But it wasn't until I saw that God had feminine names and masculine names and feminine characteristics and masculine characteristics, which you would get down to motherly characteristics and fatherly characteristics, that this, the whole dimension of that, uh, 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 that God, God has all the mothering characteristics. You know, all the, all of the covenant names of God are related to Jehovah, which is the mothering feminine characteristics mm-hmm, of God. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Elohim is always connected to the masculine kind of, you know, strength, power kind of things. Right. So anyhow, so so when God creates male and female in his own likeness, the word likeness, the root word is dalit mem hey. Now the dalit represents a portal to another dimension. And I'm not I'm not I'm I'm gonna give a thumbnail sketch on all these words so we don't go into too much time on them. But I realize that because I am created in the likeness of God, I always have access to another dimension. Mm-hmm. And we'll see what that dimension is in just a moment. And then the second letter is the mem. Now, the mem represents God's revealed truth, God's revealed knowledge. And so the, so the truth is I also always, and every human being always has in their deepest part of their being access to the knowledge of God if they want it, mm. if they don't harden their heart to it. And then the last letter in, in the root word is the hay, and the hay represents the breath, the breath of life and the presence of God. And so if I'm created in the likeness and the image of God, I always have access to this portal in my heart 
that uh, this doorway that I can go through and ex- and grasp the revealed knowledge of God yes. and experience not just the presence of God, but the life of God breathed Breathe into whatever into it is me. I'm trying to decide. Wow. wow. That's, pretty, that's rich, isn't that it? That is so incredible. His life. And then the word image, the root of the word image is the word, uh, comes from the letter Tzaid, Lamed, and then the closed men. And so by being created in the likeness and the image of God, See, what what is coming back to it's not just the fact that inherently I'm created like God in so many ways, but inherently I always have access to who God really is if I mm-hmm. want to know. Mm-hmm. I'm not left on my own. So the Tzaid has to do with righteousness and sanctification. So, so the sense of God's righteousness, now stop and think. The Apostle Paul says, that, you know, basically when eternity rolls out, every man in his conscience, in the deepest part of his being, has the law of God written in it, whether he's born again or not. Mm-hmm. And we have to fight against that to be evil. We have to fight against mm. the truth of God to be selfish and to be corrupt and to be dishonest and to be immoral. And we have inherent knowledge of that. Now, the sad thing is, is when iniquity is passed from generation, 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 then people become so so steeped in iniquity, and iniquity grows with every generation. It multiplies with mm-hmm. every generation. You know the knowledge of it, the influence of it. So yeah, the deeper a person gets into iniquity, the rejection of God's morals, values, and standards, the more they alienate themselves and harden their heart to the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. So the first word is is, is a say. So, so, um, the first letter is a say. I, I always have really inside me. I always have this, you know, this sense of uh, uh, of, of God's righteousness. This sense of of being able to set myself apart. And then the lamed is the picture of the guy praying with outstretched hands, where he is earnestly seeking God yes. from his heart. Yes. And then the closed mem is the personal, intimate, private knowledge and information and leadership that God gives to that person. So my ability to express myself like God is not just in my inherent goodness. It's not just a, I mean, it is, it is in my DNA. It is in who I am, but it is a dimension that I can always access. So I'm never left without God being willing to teach me. But then what's interesting, then it says, I'm created the likeness and the image of God, and I have dominion. Now, the word dominion basically means the right to rule, the mm-hmm. right and the power to rule. And so man is the ruler of planet Earth. God owns planet Earth, but according to, what is it, Mark 12, I believe it is, where Jesus kind of gives the whole history of the world, it says, it says this man plants a vineyard and he leased it out. right. God owns the world, but he has leased it out, which means we have delegated authority. And, and with this delegated authority, it is our right and, and responsibility to properly represent God to the world. Mm-hmm. So this suddenly starts getting into this thing about, okay, if I want to properly represent God to the world until I see how good he is, I can't do that. I, if I, until I know how good he is, until I know it for myself, I can't, I can't do it. Now, God is always there trying to draw me into that. But otherwise, the world is becoming something other than what God intended for it to be. So the word dominion, I love this thing with the word dominion. The first letter in the root of dominion is the letter resh, from which we get the concept of repentance. Hmm. And so if I'm going to have dominion, and that word repentance means I've got to, I'm always turning back to God. I'm mm-hmm. always looking back to God to mm-hmm. understand the way. I'm always looking back to God to understand the truth. So, so in order to rule, I'm always supposed to say, I've got all the, I can go through this portal. I, I can get the character and nature of God. I can experience the righteousness of God. Mm-hmm. I, can, I can experience personal leadership. I can yes. get the breath the of God, breath the hay God. that, yes. yeah, that is, just breathes the life of God into that situation. So yes. this is always there, but it's worthless if I am not turning to God. Yes, exactly. Wow. 
And then again, this word dominion reinforces everything about the word likeness and, the, and image because the second letter is dalit, which goes back to the portal. Mm-hmm. When I turn back to God with my heart, I go back through that portal. And then the last letter is once again that letter hey. So when I go through that portal, I I not only see and experience the presence of God, the life of God, but I have the capacity now to bring the presence of God to earth because I've experienced it for myself. Whoa, you just brought that all full circle back into that. And there was only Absolutely. one letter difference between the image and the dominion. You know, yep. it, it, they both had the dollar and the hay at the end, and, and they had the first one. The second one, though, the dominion has that rush, that repentance, and I'm always looking back to understand it. All of the other stuff is worthless if I'm not turning to him yep. constantly and saying, I'm not going to do this my own way. I really do trust you. I depend on you, God. I'm turning back to understand. And then I enter into that portal again of that presence of yep. God and his capacity and his breath his goodness, his presence. Yep. Wow. So Moses is the premier example of, I don't want to make people think God's angry when he's not. Not because of what will happen to me, but because of what will happen to them. I don't, I don't want people to follow me unless, you know, you stop and think, and I, I'm, 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 extrapolating a little bit here, mm-hmm. but you stop and think Moses was such a powerful influence that it's a wonder that they hadn't built an idol to Moses and start worshiping him as God. Mm-hmm. And so the more people esteem you, like it, don't like it, know it, don't know it, really the more accountability mm-hmm. that you have to assume. Abs- that, that is totally true. You know, I, I, I have become quite comfortable with being a behind-the-scenes influencer. Mm-hmm. And honestly, and I do, you know, I, I, I deal with ministers all over the world on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And I deal, I deal with people that, you know, I, you know right now our, our, our Bible school is in, in, with, in with one church group and the mother church has 15,000 members and they have something like 3,000 individual churches and every one of their leaders are being trained in Impact International School of Ministry. Wow. You know, and, and, and of course there's a lot of places where we've got schools that got 10 people in it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. But, but the point is literally every day all over the world, millions of people are being influenced by every book I write, by every mm-hmm. word I say. That's true. The, the more that grows, the more I want to say, okay, God, I'll tell you what, just let this influence somebody and let them go out and interact with their people. I don't necessarily need to be the guy and don't know that I want to be the guy that is out there. You know, I, I don't know if I trust, I don't know how much I trust myself. To be the to, to to stay true to what you've called me to do, and not read some of my own stuff in it, or not get some of my own values, you know, mixed up in this. Um, I, I tell you, it it it's a it's a incredible thing to say. I'm going to go out here and represent God. But that's for absolutely everyone. That's for you, but that's for me. That, yeah. That's for anybody that's even a parent or he. We have influence over our friends. There's no one exempt from almost the holiness of of what we're called to do in representing God, yeah. and how that sh- that that does sober me. And yet, I also know that I want to be confident in those three words that you just described. That I always do turn and look to you, and I do enter that portal, and I do experience the presence of God and the capacity yeah. of God. And so I'm not going to second guess myself. Yes, I want to be sobered and humbled by the fact that I don't want to do this without him. But the, when right. it's with him, it's like I'm prote- he's going to protect me. And I know that I am governed back to the beginning of this podcast. My government is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. So if the fruit of the Holy Spirit is operating in my life, that is a sure way to know that I am walking in the spirit and I'm turning to him and I'm entering into his presence. 
You know, I look at what Moses said. So, you know, Moses has this experience. And I tell you what, I can't wait until we literally jump straight into justice, the okay. justice of God. Because this new series that I have is called Generational Curses, Is God Really Fair? Right. That is the, man, that is the great question, whether people understand the degree to which they're challenging God's fairness or most of them probably don't recognize it, but man, the, the, the whole socialist humanist, uh, uh, religion world view is we are more fair than God. God is not fair. Hmm. Uh, I mean, and, 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 and it's interesting, you know, the book of Proverbs says wise men don't always understand justice. Justice is something that specifically you have to, grow into in direct correlation to how good you believe God is. Hmm. But so Moses has this experience, man. It's like, oh man. I mean, uh, just stop, again, you know, I stop and think, you know, I, I, sometimes I think I've got a pretty good handle on the goodness of God. I think, yeah, but I don't, I don't have such a handle on it that I glow in the dark like Moses did. Right, 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 right. <laughs> so, so obviously I'm only scratching the surface, you know? Yeah. Uh, so he, anyhow, so he has this experience, and then God says, "Now I'm going to declare it to you. I'm going to make sure you understand it. Now I'm going to give you the. I'm going to explain the information that you need to know about this experience you just had." But so after all of that, in verse eight of Exodus 34, oh man, I'm telling you, this, this makes me want to turn off my computer, get on my face. I'm telling you. So Moses made haste and bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And, you know, here's something about the word worship. The word praise, the word worship, the word thanksgiving, and all of those words in the Hebrew relate back to the word confess. And it's the, it's the saying back to God and acknowledging back to him that he is who he says he is. Yes. It's not just about, I mean, thank God for all the emotions and all the excitement that you can have mm -hmm. in praise and worship. But at the end of the day, are you acknowledging that God is who he's, are you saying back to him? Yes. And you're not saying it back to him to, to you know, to blow up his ego. You're saying it back to him because you're persuading your heart. You're bringing everything you got to bear on the whole concept of, of who God is. By the way, we'll be talking about that in and, and heart physics and uh, uh, meditative prayer. I don't know if this this podcast here will go out before that. But anyhow, yes, so it will. Moses, yes, it will. Okay, so Moses good. falls on his face and he says, if now I have found grace in your eyes or in your sight, I pray go among us, even though we are a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin and take us as your inheritance. Mm. You know, Moses realized, man, I can never fully and completely represent who you are. You got to go with us. They've got to have they've got to have this continuous experience with you. They got they got to see the cloud by day and the fire by night. They got to taste the manna for themselves. They 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 got they've got to have their own experience because if you don't go up with us, yeah, I, I can't. We can't do it. We I can't, can't go without I can't you. Do this. Yeah, we cannot yeah. go without you. Yeah. And even Moses, you know, continued to have his own tent of meeting. Oh yeah. Every day he would go to his secret place, you know. Yep. And in there, Joshua would even linger longer, you know, after Moses mm -hmm. would come out. But the people would stand and observe. And yeah. we we all need our own personal, private getaway, yeah. you know, time with him to be able to say back, to be able to confess, to be able to acknowledge, to be able to persuade our heart of the goodness of God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because it, it, it will yeah. affect the way you do business, you know, yeah. the way that you, you know, treat your spouse, you know, in your marriage, the way that you parent. And, and it just comes back to really how we began today. Yeah. My character's transformed. Exactly, Bob. Because yeah. I am so grateful, you know, that, you know, in our previous ex uh, episode, we talked about, you know, Moses being this, you know, high C, you yeah. know, just mm. the demanding of justice. Mm -hmm. And yep. I remember the arrogance and the pride of my heart when I knew I was right and others were wrong. Yep. 
Yeah. You see, and that's the breaking of, of my heart because yeah. I can't afford to be critical and judgmental, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, isolating. And, and, and so that's where, you know, I, I get to, um, the, the, the only thing I say is, is to be broken or even crushed, you know, by his goodness. Yeah. I, I, I am so completely undeserving, and yep. yet he offers it to me. You know, that made me think of that scripture where, where it talks about the rock, Jesus being the rock, uh-huh. and it says, you can fall on him and be broken. Yep. Or... Let it. The rock can, or the rock can fall on you, and you're going to be crushed. Yep. Hmm. You know, I, I'm not sure which one of those is worse or better sometimes, but I can tell you this: I just want to voluntarily fall on the rock mm-hmm. and go. You know what? I need you. I, you know, I am. I can. I. I have such a potential to be such a horrible person without. Jesus actively in my life. I have such a capacity to do things that most people will actually never think about doing. I'm, and I, I'm, you know, and I'm not proud of it. I'm not. I'm not. You know, idolizing it. I am just saying I know the truth about who I am yes. without Jesus. Yes. And and I know it wouldn't take, but it it doesn't take but just a minute or two of me letting myself isolate away from the peace and the love Presence of God breath, for me to yes. manifest being a jerk. Right. <sighs> kind of all makes you just want to get on, get on your knees kind and that's seek how God, I am. don't it? That's how I am right now. But I do want to fall on him and be broken because I know I can trust mm-hmm. him that he always loves me mm-hmm. and that he always, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, the other point that I just want to bring up, because our starting point is very, very important, you know, and that was something that I brought up at, at the very beginning. And Jesus says, build your house on the rock or build it on the sand. Yep. Storms of life are going to happen. But the difference between the two is that, you know, when when you lay out on the beach and, you know, you're there in the sand, you know, all of a sudden the sand conforms to you. Yep. But if you're laying on a rock... Woo! You conform to it. Uh, that's that's good. I'm, that's right. I'm going to conform to him. I'm going to allow myself to be broken. I love that about you. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, you, you quote that scripture. And, and again, I am not trying to be a jerk. If I'm being a jerk, it's just because I'm good at it without Jesus. Uh, but, you know, the, the thought comes to my mind of all of the people around the world, the preachers today saying you can't follow Jesus' teaching. He was a teacher of the law. I mean, that's boy, that's predominant. Stop and think. Once you throw away the Old Testament, Jesus didn't teach anything but the Old Testament. He didn't teach the Old Covenant. He taught the Old Testament. Everything he taught was based on the morals, ethics, and values of God. Yes. And the only difference is, is he gave God's intention and God's interpretation. Now, stop and think about it. He says... If you don't build on my words, you are building on the sand, and I'm telling you, you will get washed out to sea. The storm will destroy you. And there are entire movements out there today that a major part of their philosophy is can't follow Jesus' teaching because he was a teacher of the law. (laughs) I never would have dreamed I'd ever hear that statement. Right. In my lifetime, you know, I never dreamed I'd, I'd, but I'm very grateful for our listeners because I know listeners that I know who you are. And I know the only reason why you get yourself through this every hour listening to us (laughs) is because of who you are as disciples. You're not going to just be flippant like, oh, maybe I love Jesus. You guys really love Jesus. So thank you for, and I, you know what people that, and of course, you know, you guys are a lot nicer than I am. And I know that, and you know, that doesn't bother me. Uh, But you know, People that are going to put up with me for very long, they got to be serious about following Jesus. Yeah, and I know that. I, I don't, and I'm, I don't try to be rude. I don't try to be unkind. I try to give the truth in a way that people can yes. accept it. And sometimes yes. I try to do it humorous. If it's a really, if it's a really scathing truth, I try to make it funny. Yeah. But at the same time, <laughs> I know that people that listen to this podcast. I mean, I hear from them just like you guys do. Yes. And I know that we're dealing with people that are way more serious. Yes. 
than uh, most preachers ever have the opportunity to deal yeah. with. So thank you for that. I just mm-hmm. want to thank our listeners for representing God in a way that represents the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And um, I really look forward to hearing from you, for sharing this with others. For those of you that are going to be at Heart Physics Weekend in Huntsville, Alabama, mm-hmm. with the three of us coming up, not that Bob and I are, when I say the three of us, we're there, we're not necessarily mm-hmm. speaking, but I we're there to there. hug you and and say hi to you guys. I, I will I will probably find ways to involve yeah, you. Yeah, 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 well. That's already working in the back of my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when I say that, I'm just saying we, we just want to uh, hug everybody. You know yep. what I mean? Like if you're a yep. listener, please come get me in Huntsville. That's right. Just grab bring, bring 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 the devil. If he could get a nice hug, he might start being nice. Yeah, I'll grab anybody. There you go. <laughs> I'm not scared. I'm not scared. That's right. Good as well. I want to remind you of uh, Jim's one of his newest series is generational curses. Is God really fair? Mm-hmm. And that will help you and take. There's just so much more than anything. That you know what share. I decided? Yeah. Tell me. I decided, you know, I got six messages in that. I thought, man, we didn't even scratch the surface. Right. Yeah. So what I've decided, every person that buys that over the next few weeks, I'm going to send them a free download, probably t- anywhere from two to four more messages. Wow. Because I'm just, I'm just thinking, it's and just I'm not charging up. for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it just like there is just so much more to this. You just want to add to it. Yeah, that's so yeah. great that you're including Jim. that with that. That's yeah. so cool. I'll tell you one thing. That's one thing you know about Jim Richards. He's generous. There, I was just thinking that. You mm-hmm. are so generous, so generous, Jim. Thank you for the generosity of your time today, Jim, and for listeners for having fun with us today. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you heard words you never knew you'd hear. Several times here. <laughs> Starts with an A. Well, now, wait a minute. You have to remember, <laughs> even the Bible uses the term dumbass. Okay. <laughs> so, I, you know, at least I, at least I, I kind of put, you know, I, I covered it up a little bit you with just, letters. Yeah, I mean, you covered God, it with letters. God used that yeah. word. We talked about Hebrew dis- letters and other letters right. today. Yes, That's we right. did. That's right. we, that we covered it all. We got it all. That's right. You yeah, are covered. You. Yes. Yes. Okay, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you. Have a great week. Bye-bye.